Good morning, boys and girls. Today, we get to listen to yet another chapter of The King of Ireland's Son. Just yesterday, we heard a little bit more about how Fidelma was taken away by the King of the Black Mists, I believe. Isn't that his name? The Land of the Mist. The King of the Land of the Mist. And the King of Ireland's son woke from his slumber, and when he looked around, he could not find Fidelma anywhere. And at first he thought maybe that the King of the Black Back Lands had taken her away, but that was not the case. In fact, he found out that the King of the Land of the Mist had taken Fidelma because he found a special, special message that Fidelma had scrawled into the dirt. Last we heard, the King of Ireland's son was headed back home to his very own castle, where he was hoping to get some help and able to, to be able to find out where exactly Fidelma was being held. Let's see if we find out in this next chapter of the King of Ireland's Son. This chapter is titled, When the King of the Cats Came to King Connell's Dominion. The king of Ireland's son was home again, but as he kept asking about a king in a kingdom no one had ever heard of, people thought he had lost his wits in search for the enchanter of the black back lands. He rode abroad every day to ask strangers if they knew where the king of the land of mist had his dominion, and he came back to his father's every night in the hope that one would be at the castle who could tell him where the place that he sought was. Moravan wanted to relate to him fables from the breastplate of instruction, but the king's son did not hear a word that Moravan said. After a while, he listened to the things that Art, the king's steward, related to him, for it was Art who had shown the king's son the leaden ring that was on his finger. He took it off, remembering the betrothal ring that the little sage had made. And then he saw that it was not his, but Fidelma's ring that he wore. He then felt as if Fidelma had sent a message to him, and he was less wild in his thoughts. Afterwards, in the evenings, when he came back from his ridings, he would cross the meadows with art the king's steward, or would stand with him while the herdsmen drove the cattle into the briars. Then he would listen to what Art related to him. And one evening he heard Art say, the most remarkable event that happened was the coming into this land of the king of the cats. I will listen to what you tell me about it, said the king's son. Well then, said Art, the king's steward, to your father's son, in all truth, it be told. The king of the cats stood up. He was a grand creature. His body was brown and striped across 
as if one had burned on wood with a hot poker. Like all the race of the royal cats of the Isle of Man, he was without a tail, but he had extraordinarily fine whiskers. They went each side of his face to the length of a dinner dish. He had such eyes that when he turned one of them upward, the bird that was flying across dropped from the sky. And when he turned the other one down, he could make a hole in any floor or ground. He lived in the Isle of Man. Once he had been king of the cats of Ireland and Britain, of Norway and Denmark, and the whole northern and western world. But after the Norsemen won the wars, the cats of Norway and Britain swore by Thor and Odin that they would give him no more allegiance. So for a hundred years and a day, he had gotten allegiance only from the cats of the Western world, that is, from Ireland and the islands beyond. The tribute he received was still worth having. In May, he was sent a boatful of herring. In August, he was let to have two boatfuls of mackerel. In November, he was given five barreled barrels of preserved mice. At other seasons, he had for his tribute one out of every hundred birds that flew across the island on their way to Ireland. Tomtits, peewits, wrens, chickadees, siskins, starlings, martins, and tender young barn owls. He was also sent the following as marks of allegiance and respect. A salmon to show his dominion over the rivers. The skin of a marten to show his dominion in the woods. A live cricket to show his dominion in the houses of the men. The horn of a cow to show his right to a portion of the milk produced in the Western world. But the tribute from the Western world became smaller and smaller. One year the boat did not come with herring. Mackerel was sent to him after, but he knew it was sent to him because so much was being taken out of the sea, that the farmer men were plowing their mackerel catches into the land to make their crops grow. Then a year came when he got neither the salmon nor the marten skin neither the live cricket, nor the cow's horn. Then he got righteously and royally indignant. He stood up on his four paws on the floor of his palace and declared to his wife that he himself was going to Ireland to know what prevented the sending of his lawful tribute to him. He called for his prime minister and then said, Prepare us! our speech from the throne. The prime minister went to the parliament house and wrote down, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. But he could not remember any more of the ancient language in which the speeches from the throne were always written. He went home and he hung himself with a measure of tape and his wife buried his body under the hearthstone. Well, speech or no speech, said the king of the cats. 
I'm going to pay a royal visit to my subjects in Ireland. He went to the top of the cliff and he made a spring. He landed on the deck of a ship that was bringing the king of Norway's daughter to be married to the king of Scotland's son. The ship nearly sank with the crash of the cat's body on it. He ran up the sails and placed himself on the mast of the ship. There he gathered his feet together and made another spring. This time he landed on a boat that was bringing oak timber to build a king's palace in London. He stood where the timber was highest and made yet another spring. This time he landed on the giant's causeway that runs from Ireland out into the sea. A man was riding on horseback with a woman seated on the saddle behind him. The king of the cats waited until they came up. My good man, he said very grandly. When you go back to your house, tell the ash-covered cat in the corner that the king of the cats has come to Ireland to see him. The king of the cat's manor was so grand that the man took off his hat and the woman made a curtsy. Then the king of the cats sprang into the branch of a tree of the forest and he slept there until it was past the midday heat. I nearly forgot to tell you that as he slept on the branch, his whiskers stood around his face like the breadth of a dinner dish either way. The next day, the king's son rode abroad, and where he went that day, he saw no man nor woman nor living creature in the land around. But coming back, he saw a falcon sailing high in the air. He rode on and the falcon sailed above, never rising high in the air, never swooping down. The king's son fitted an arrow to his bow and shot at the falcon. Immediately it rose in the air and flew swiftly away. But a feather fell just before him. The king's son picked the feather up. It was blue. Then the king's son thought of Fidelma's falcon, of the bird that flew above them when they rode across the meadows of brightness. It might be Fidelma's falcon, the one that he had shot at, and it might have come to show him the way to the land of mist. But the falcon was not to be seen now. The king of Ireland's son did not go amongst the strangers in his father's castle that evening. Instead, he stood with Art, who was watching the herdsmen drive the cattle into the briars. And Art, after a while, said, I will tell you some more about the coming of the king of the cats into King Connell's dominion. And as before I say, to your father's son, in all truth, be it told. The king of the cats waited on the branch of the tree until the moon was in the sky like a roast duck on a dish of gold. And still neither retainer, vassal, nor subject came to do him service. He was vexed, I tell you, at the want of respect shown him. This was the reason why none of his subjects came to him for such a long time. The man and woman he had spoken to went into their house and did not say a word about the king of cats until they had eaten their supper. Then, when the man had smoked his second pipe, he said to the woman, That was a wonderful thing that happened to us today. 
a cat to walk up to two people and say to them, Tell the ashy pet in your chimney corner at home that the king of the cats has come to see him. The man laughed. But no sooner were the words said than the lean, gray, ash-covered cat that lay on the hearthstone sprang on the back of the man's chair. I will say this, said the man. It's a bad time when two people like ourselves are stopped on their way back from the market and ordered, ordered no less, to give a message to one of our own cats lying on our very own hearthstone. By my fur and claws, you're a long time coming to his message, said the cat on the back of the chair. What was it anyway? The man, very much surprised, turned around and looked at the cat and said, Oh, the king of the cats has come to Ireland to see you? It is a wonder you told it at all, said the cat, going to the door. And where did you see his majesty? You shouldn't have spoken, said the man's wife. And how did I know that a cat could understand, said the man. When you have done talking amongst yourselves, said the cat, would you mind telling me where you met his majesty? I will tell you nothing, said the man, until I hear your own name from you. My name, said the cat, is quick to grab, and well you should know it. Not a word we will tell you, said the woman, until we hear what the king of the cats is doing in Ireland. Is he bringing wars and rebellion into our country? Wars and rebellion? No, ma'am, said Quick to Grab, but deliverance from oppression. Why are the cats of the country lean and lazy and covered with ashes? It is because the cat that goes outside the house in the sunlight to hunt or to play is made to suffer with the loss of an eye. And who makes them suffer with the loss of an eye? asked the woman. One whose reign is nearly over now said Quick to Grab, but please tell me where you saw his majesty. No, said the man. No, said the woman, for we don't like your impertinence. Back with you to the hearthstone and watch the mouse hole for us. Well, Quick to Grab was not having any of that, and he walked straight out the door. May no prosperity come to this house, he said, for denying me when I asked you where the king of the cats was, pleased to speak to you. But he put his ear to the door when he went outside, and he heard the woman say, The horse will tell him that we saw the king of the cats a mile this side of the giant's causeway. That, boys and girls, was a mistake, for the horse could not have told it at all. Horses never know the language that is spoken in houses. Only cats know it fully, and dogs know it just a little bit. Quick to go, Quick to grab, now knew where the king of the cats might be found. He went creeping by hedges, loping across fields, bounding through woods, until at last he came under the branch in the forest where the king of the cats rested, his whiskers standing round his face like the breadth of a dinner dish. When he came under the branch, quick to grab, meowed a little in Egyptian, which is the ceremonial language of cats. The king of the cats came to the end of his branch. Who are you, vassal? He said in Phoenician. 
a humble retainer of my lord, said Quick to Grab in high Pictish. This is a language very suitable to cats, but it is only their historians who now use it. They continued their conversation in Irish. What sign shall I show the others that will make them know that you are the king of the cats? asked Quick to Grab. The king of the cats chased up the tree and pulled down heavy branches. There is a sign of my royal prowess, he said. Ah, it is a good sign, said Quick to Grab. They were about to talk again when Quick to Grab pulled, put down his tail and ran up another tree, greatly frightened. What ails you? said the king of the cats. Can you not stay still while you are speaking to your lord and master? It is old feller Bradger coming this way, said Quick to Grab. And when he puts his teeth in one, he never lets go. Without saying a word, the king of the cats jumped down from the tree. Old fellow Badger was coming through the glade. When he saw the king of the cats crouching there, he stopped and bared his horrible teeth. The king of the cats bent himself to spring. Then old fellow Badger turned round and went lumbering back. Well, by my claws and fur, said Quick to Grab, you are the real king of the cats. Let me be your counselor. Let me advise your majesty in the times that will be so difficult for your subjects and yourself. Know that the cats of Ireland are impoverished and oppressed, and they are under a terrible tyranny. Who oppresses my vassals, retainers, and subjects? asked the king of the cats. Why, the eagle emperor does. He has made a law that no cat may leave a man's house as long as the birds have any business abroad. I shall tear him to pieces, said the king of the cats. How can I reach him? No cat has thought of reaching him, said Quick to Grab. They only think of keeping out of his way. Now let me advise your majesty. None of our enemies must know that you have come into this country. You must appear as a common cat. What, me? said the king of the cats. Yes, your majesty. For the sake of the deliverance of your subjects, you will have to appear as a common cat. And be submissive and eat scraps? That will only be in the daytime, said Quick to Grab. In the nighttime, you will have your court and your feasts. At the very least, let the place I stay in be no hovel said the king of the cats. I shall refuse to go into a house where there are washing days, damp clothes before a fire and all that. I shall use my best diplomacy to safeguard your comfort and dignity, said Quick to Grab. Please invest me as your prime minister. The king of the cats invested Quick to Grab by biting the fur round his neck. Then the king and his prime minister parted. The king of the cats took up quarters for a day or two in a round tower. Quick to Grab made a journey through the countryside. He went into every house and whispered a word to every cat that was there. And whether the cat was watching a mouse hole or chasing crickets or playing with their kittens, when he or she heard that word, they sat up and considered.